Is it okay if, with you if we just kind of continue on this miraculous path that the Lord's placed us on in our series, Missing Miracles? And we're going to spend just a few minutes today uh, looking at the fifth miracle of Jesus recorded in John's gospel. At the end of his gospel, John said this in chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, he wrote, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Can we pull the guitar down just a little bit? Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written, why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. He said Jesus did a lot of stuff that's not even written in this book, that's not even on these pages, but we wrote these down. Why? So that in seeing these things, in, 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 in learning these things, in receiving these things, so that in seeing what Jesus did, so that through that you may believe, and so that in your believing you can have life in the name of Jesus. It's important for you and me to understand today, this morning, why we're putting such an emphasis on the miraculous, why, why, we're, why we're putting so much importance in, in the miracles that, that Jesus did, and, and it's not because we're, we're not a church that's chasing the miraculous, but we want to be a church that's chasing Jesus. And when we're a church that's chasing Jesus, we're going to see the miraculous along the way. When we're a church that's in pursuit of Christ, we're going to see a supernatural handprint on our path. So we're putting such an emphasis on the miraculous because as a church, we believe with all of our hearts that when the people around us see that God is doing the miraculous, it will draw them into our circles and present us with opportunities to shine the light of Jesus into places that we otherwise could not. We believe that when the city, when the world, when, when our co-workers, when our family, when our friends, when whoever it is around us see the miraculous that God's doing in our lives, it'll draw them into our, our circle and give us the opportunity to present them with the gospel, which is our mission as believers. My mission, my purpose is not to be the pastor of a church. Scott's purpose is not to be a worship pastor. Our purpose on this planet is to shine the light of Jesus in whatever way God has called us to do that. Through, through whatever avenue God has placed us on. Our purpose, yours and mine, you want to know what your purpose is. Here's breaking news. Your purpose is to make disciples, to shine the light of Christ, to shine the love of Jesus into a city, a world, a community, a family, a, a workplace, a whatever it is that needs so desperately to see the grace of God. And like we said, when we begin to walk in that, when we begin to move in that, 
we will see the supernatural handprint of God on our lives. And we've really rallied around uh, the truths found in these miracles. And if you've not been with us for all of this series, I'd encourage you, we're only six chapters in. So you should be able to read those, those six chapters tonight. Go back and, and look at all the things that Jesus has done in the Gospel of John. And, and, and we've kind of been trying to come around the truths that we found in those. And, and what we've seen is this, that the overarching truth in all of these stories, in all of these miracles, and in all of these things that Jesus did is that God is able to do God is able to move God is able to do the miraculous not just in the big moments but in the small moments too God's not just able uh, to do the miraculous in the monumental but also in the monotonous God's able to do the miraculous we've seen in these texts in any season of your life, any circumstance of your life that that requires supernatural intervention, whether it's you needing the Spirit of God to guide your words in a conversation or whether it is a life or death situation where the only hope is the miracle working power of the God who's able to do immeasurably more. He's the God of both. He's the God in the big things. He's the God in the small things. And He's always moving. That's the beauty of it. That's the wonder of it. He's always moving. He's always Working, And what we got to understand as we get ready to jump into this, this text today is just because we haven't seen the power of God in our situation yet, in, in, in what it is that we're praying for, in what it is that we're begging for, doesn't mean that God's not moving. So what is our response to that? Our response when we're not seeing God do what we're asking God to do is to keep taking steps in the direction of the will of God and trust that He will get us to the place where He needs us to see the thing that He needs us to see. So if we're not seeing the answer to that prayer right now, we said it like this, don't let striking out one time keep you from going to the plate and swinging again don't let the the one prayer that God didn't answer keep you from taking another at bat and keep walking keep stepping in the direction of his purpose in faith that you will end up in the place that he needs you in doing the thing and seeing the things that he needs you to do and see and we know this because we know that our God is omniscient We know that our God is all-knowing. And if we'll just have the faith, we saw it last week, if we just got the faith, Ricky, if we just got the faith to, to take the little bit that we've got in our hand and put it into God's hand, He'll always turn it in to more than enough to do with what He needs to do. Every time. It's not about will God use it to do what he needs to get done. It's about will we, will we release it from our hand and into God's hand. Be, 
because this boy last week, his combo from Captain D's wasn't enough to feed this multitude. He said, it's what I got. So God, here, (laughs) I'm going to put it in your hand. I'm going to put it in your hand. When we put what we've got in our hand into the hand of God, He can always use it. He will always use it to accomplish His purpose in the world. So if you've got a Bible with me, I'm about ready to start preaching now. Turn to John chapter 6. We're going to see what happens immediately following. It's a short story, and we're going to be done in just a moment. I'm not going to promise, but I think we are. In John chapter 6, we're going to see what happens immediately following this miracle that we saw last week where the young boy gave up his fish, and Jesus turned it into enough to feed 5, 10, 15, 20,000, however many it was, including the men and women and children. But before we jump in, I want us to look at the verse that we finished with last week, the very last verse, so that we can really, we got to understand the situation in which this miracle that Jesus is about to do is going to take place. So in John chapter 6, verse 14, it says, this, this is after Jesus feeding the multitude that had come to hear him speak, that had come to see his power. It said, after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. I said, man, nobody else could have pulled that off. If we had a whole Captain D's restaurant, it couldn't have fed this crowd. So surely, this is the one that we've been waiting for. What I'm saying is the supernatural that they had seen was significant enough for them to see Jesus for who he was. The the supernatural that they had witnessed was, was significant enough for them to recognize that this is not just some ordinary dude on top of a hill talking with a microphone. This guy's got power. This guy's got authority. This guy is the real deal. What they had seen was enough for them to recognize. And after they had seen what Jesus was able to do and they heard what Jesus had to say, the, the multitude of people had heard enough and seen enough to say with confidence, yes, this is the person we've been waiting for and hoping for. And, and I love that it's on the heels of this that it's on the, the heels of this miracle, that it's, it's on the heels of this, this, this magnificent act of God. That we see the disciples, not just some random people that were at this gathering, the, the people that were closest to Jesus. We see the disciples in a circumstance where they forget the majesty of the miraculous that they just seen. But where we see right on the heels of this, talking same day it says in John 6 verse 16 it says when evening came his disciples went down to the lake 
where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. And a strong wind was blowing. And the waters grew rough. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. Our memory of what we've just seen God do is so short sometimes, isn't it? Our memory of the miraculous that we've seen is is so short sometimes. And I can only imagine that this this group of godly men that are following Jesus, that are that are the closer to him than anybody on this earth, that are his disciples, rowing out across the lake on the heels of this miracle on the heels of of what they've seen Jesus do, and they're probably still talking about it. Man, I still don't know how that worked out. That's like some common core math, because it doesn't make sense. Well, let's keep rowing. And they're rowing, and they're talking, and it's getting dark. And the wind starts to howl. And the waves start to slam into the side of the boat. And oh man, it says they went three or four miles out. Now they're three or four miles from the miracle. And their eyes aren't on that miracle anymore. Their eyes are on that water (laughs) that's slamming into their boat that they're afraid is going to take them down. Their ears aren't on what they'd heard Jesus say anymore. Their ears are on the wind that's howling all around them. They're miles from the miracle. And we get in this same boat, don't we? Maybe it's just me. But I think a lot of us in this room today, we get in this very same boat. Where we see and hear And experience what God is doing. We heard the story that Brian and Kelly Ard shared last week about the doctor saying, Man, that bullet was like shooting into a bag of spaghetti noodles and missing every one of them. It doesn't make sense. We, we hear about the miraculous that God's done. We, we experience it in our, in, our, in our lives and we hear what God says in his word. But by the time we get to lunch, the wind's picking up, right? And then by the, by the time we pull in our driveway, the, the waves are crashing again. Right, Brian? And our, our focus isn't on Jesus anymore. 
It's, it's not on what Jesus has just done. What we just saw, we just saw it. Oh, man, that wind's kind of loud. Man, this circumstance is going to take me under. And you and me, you and I, we got to remember today that when the wind starts howling and when the waves start crashing, we still serve the God of whom the disciples said, man, this guy, even the wind and the waves obey him. That's still our God. That's still who we're here serving today. And remember we said God will always get you where he wants you to be if you'll walk in accordance with his purpose. If you'll walk in pursuit of the will of God, God will always get you to the place where he wants you to be. And what I, what I need us to see today is the place that he needed the disciples to be was three or four miles from where they had experienced that last miracle. He needed them to get some distance so that they could see the next thing that he was going to do. I need us to God needs all of us to see today that even though you might be miles from your last miracle, God is leading you to the place where you'll see the next one. So don't let the distance from your last miracle inform your expectation for the next one. Don't let how long it's been since you've seen God intervene inform your expectation of when he's going to intervene again because these guys got three or four miles from the last miracle and they said, oh man, the wind is hitting our boat and, and, and the waves is, are hitting our boat and, and the boat's going to go down and we're three or four miles from the shore now. But that was right where God needed him to be so that they could see what he needed them to see. It says when they'd rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. You know what, church? Sometimes we've got to row our boat into uncharted waters if we want to see the miraculous. Sometimes we've got to row to a place that doesn't make sense in faith that, God, you're leading me. If we want to see the miraculous but when God gets us there 
That's the beauty. When God gets us there, he'll always show up and do what only he can do. You know what I love as I close? Our worship team can come on back around. Jesus, from whatever distance away he was, when they finally saw him walking out on the water, from however, however far back he was from the boat, he saw the fear and the anguish on their faces, and that's the majesty of the miraculous that we're talking about. See, Jesus isn't just recognizing the storm that's raging around them. He's not just recognizing the big thing. He's also recognizing the fear that the disciples are experiencing. See, he's recognizing the big thing. He's saying, I see the storm. Don't be afraid. But I also see the fear on your faces. Don't be afraid. God sees you right where you are today. Right where you are. Yeah, pastor, not me. (laughs) I hope not anyway. No, God sees you right where you are. And you're not too far. You're not too broken. You're not too jacked up. You're not too addicted. You're not too whatever it is that you think you are too much of that God doesn't see you right where you are. God sees you right where you sit this morning. And God says, don't fear. In the moment when we feel hopeless and worthless and like the storm is just too strong and there's no way that we'll make it back home, the love of Jesus blows in like a hurricane. And when the love of Jesus, we just sang about it. And I didn't pick the set list today. And they didn't know what I was preaching on. But when the love of Jesus blows in like a hurricane, the storm that you're in doesn't look quite so big anymore. When the love of Jesus rushes in, the circumstance that you're facing doesn't look quite so big anymore. That's why God can say, don't fear. Because there's no fear in love. No perfect love drives out fear. So don't fear. He said to them, it's it's I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. 
And immediately, I love this. I've never, I've never seen this part of the story before. Says so they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately, somebody say immediately. Stand to your feet and say immediately. 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 The boat reached the shore <laughs> where they were heading. Immediately. Oh, they had to row out some miles. They had to take steps in faith. I don't know why God's brought me into this crazy storm. He knows I get seasick. Sharon, he knows. Why, why has he got me in this storm? Why has he got me on this boat? Because he knows that when he gets you to the place where he needs you to be, you'll see the miraculous that he needs you to see. So what I'm saying today is don't miss your miracle because you're not willing to get in the boat and row. Don't let fear don't let fear, somebody, don't let fear cause you to miss your miracle because the love of Jesus is here now and the love of Jesus drives out fear. Fear.